0: Hey David, uh, thank you again for speaking with me the other day. I just want to let you know that, that today is Ohad's birthday. It's only his ninth birthday. I can't imagine what he's going through in Hamas's captivity. And if he even knows that today is his birthday, I hope his mom, Karen, my cousin, uh, rem- remembers and knows what the date is and perhaps does something for him. And we really hope he gets out of there as soon as possible with his whole family. Um, We really miss him. And we want to wish him a happy birthday. And we hope to celebrate with him as soon as possible.
1: That was a WhatsApp message that I received from Itai Raviv a 27-year-old who lives in Herzliya with his girlfriend. Ohad, the boy he's referring to in the message, is his nephew, a fourth grader from the central city of Saba. Ohad's ninth birthday was last Monday. However, instead of celebrating with family and friends at home, Ohad finds himself among the 200-plus hostages being held in Gaza by Hamas since their murderous invasion on October 7th. He, along with his mother Karen and his grandparents Avraham and Ruti, was captured during a holiday visit to his grandparents' kibbutz near Oz. Prior to October 7th, near Oz was an idyllic agricultural community with some 400 residents situated a few kilometers from the Israeli-Gaza border. What happened on the morning of October 7th was not a battle, but rather a systematic massacre of an entire village. The New York Times reported that 180 of its 400 residents were either murdered or captured and taken into Gaza. I went to meet Itay in his apartment in an upscale neighborhood of Herzliya. Hi, Who's
0: this? This is Milky. It's not even ours. It's just uh, my uh, girlfriend's uncles. They are blind. And this is one of their uh, guiding dogs. But now they, uh, they, they are abroad because of the war. Oh. So this is taking care of. It. Taking care
1: Sitting of it. together at his kitchen table, Itai shared with me the nightmare that has become his family's reality. This is the story of Avraham and Ruti, their daughter Karen, and their grandson, Ohad.
0: It all started at 6.30, uh, with sirens, uh, the entire cu- almost the entire country was woken up by sirens and we didn't even understand what was going on at the beginning. Slowly, we realized, we opened the news, we saw some pictures of terrorists in Sderot and in Ofakim. and... We didn't even understand. And when I say we, I talk about everyone, almost everyone in Israel, except for those who were actually affected during that time. We didn't even understand the big picture. We thought, okay, wow, a car with like 10 terrorists infiltrated, infiltrated Israel. No one could have even imagined what was going on. And people called the news to tell about how they're hiding in the shelter. And they hear terrorists. And I have a family. I used to have a family in Kibbutz near Oz, which is right across the border of uh, the Gaza Strip. They can see Khan Yunus uh, from their home. It's like a mile away. Not even. They can literally see the houses. They texted in the, in the family group chat. They texted uh, that they hear terrorists. So Avram and Druti, both 78 years old, my uncle and aunt. Uh, Avra, Avram can barely walk. He uses a cane to walk. Uh, His vision isn't great. He needs to take medicine. Obviously, he's an old person. And they used to live there with their son, Roy, uh, whom we found out was murdered that morning in the kibbutz. They just um, finally uh, um, found his body and matched with the DNA. We knew that he was murdered already last week because somebody from the kibbutz just, uh, I'd seen his body. So we just, so the funeral is just going to be on Sunday, on Sunday uh, morning, which is more than two weeks after he had been murdered. Karen, his sister, Avram and Ruti, Ruti's uh, daughter, visited uh, her parents with her with her kid, with her only son, Ohad and all four of them, Avram, Ruti, Karen, and Ohad. Um, we're kidnapped by Hamas, which is horrifying. Uh, I always think about them, what ha- what is happening right now. And we all hope that they're safe and they're together. Um, honestly, we're not always sure for Avram if it's better for him to, to, to even be alive. He already has post-trauma from the military in, in the six-day war. And he's been living on the border for 20 years and keeps searing the the bombings. And yeah. And Oad, actually, he has a birthday in a few days. It's gonna be his ninth birthday. We're trying to get to famous footballers that he knows, tennis players. And they've already sent out videos of, of saying happy birthday. I don't know how happy a birthday could be when you're in captivity. Of a terror organization. Yeah, I mean Karen. She's she's a special education teacher. Everyone talks about her, how amazing she is. And how she touches softly every ch- every child and gives every child what they what they need. And I hope she she hugs her son strongly now. I, I can't even imagine what they're going through. I don't know if they know what's going on. I know they probably hear a lot of bombings. A lot. And it's scary. Just here in Ertselia, when you hear the interceptions of the Iron Dome, it's scary. Every time it's, it's like you jump. So being there, feeling the bombings. I don't know what it does to, to a child. There's so many kids there. They took a nine-month-old baby from the kibbutz, from kibbutz Niroz. There's almost 80 people missing from kibbutz Niroz. And I think this is the most important thing to understand. So according to uh, laws of war and everything, civilians shouldn't be in captivity. They just shouldn't be in captivity. They're not allowed to be in captivity according to laws of war. And unfortunately, we've been dealing with a terror organization that doesn't care about these laws. Israel does. And I'm I'm happy that that Israel does care, because that's what I think distinguishes us from them. We have the moral values that they don't.
1: Take us to the moment that you found out about Avram and Ruti and the family. What was going through everybody's mind beforehand? What was the emotions that people were feeling when you actually found out what was happening?
0: We were still a little bit hopeful until the evening. But then in the evening, um, when everything started to unfold to understand what was actually going on, um, we heard from people of the kibbutz that uh, our family um, was not in the dead list, so they haven't been found dead, and they're not in the survivor's list. And we also saw on the news there was a father that saw his wife two daughters and mother-in-law that had been taken into Gaza. There was a video he interviewed on, on the Channel 12 in Israel. And they are uh, neighbors of my family. So we thought that their um, fate was the same, that they're probably in Gaza. Uh, at the beginning, we thought that Roy was with them as well. But two days after that, somebody from the kibbutz told, them, told us that he had seen him. They, they couldn't talk. Obviously, people from the kibbutz, they, they've suffered horrors. It was just uh, atrocities that they witnessed. So they couldn't, they couldn't talk. Again, after that, when people came to the kibbutz, to the kibbutz we saw, obviously, everything, almost everything was in ruins and burned. But their house was undamaged. And their shelter was clean of blood or any uh, struggle um, signs. And also their golf cart uh, was gone. Uh, so the assumption is that the uh, the terrorists uh, took them with the golf cart, all four of them. Again, we thought we didn't understand how Avram can walk. He walks with a cane. For he's been walking with a cane for a few years. So the assumption is that they've been taken using that. And we hope they're they're safe. We hope they're alive. Um, I don't know what's going on inside their minds. I hope they're together. I really hope that they're together and that they're safe. You can never know what's going on inside Gaza. If they're underneath the ground, if they're over the ground, if they got hit by Hamas or perhaps the Israeli army with the bombings. Uh, We don't know.
1: Can you name for us the emotions that you're feeling right now?
0: I think it's a mix of all emotions. There's anger, obviously, of what happened towards everyone from Hamas to our leadership that, in my opinion, hasn't done enough to protect uh, the people who live in the South. It's fear because it's, it's something that has never happened before. It's the worst day for the for Jewish people since the Holocaust. That's just the way it is. It's worse than the Yom Kippur world. Worst. There's shame. How how could they have done that to us? It's it's humiliating. The things that, that they did. There's disgust, obviously, on because of what they did, of what they did. The strongest emotion is just sadness it's just sad everyone in Israel is is with within the trauma we're still living it it's not over. Every day you hear new testimonies, you read about new uh, stories and there's just thousands of them, thousands. Just imagine how many people stayed in their shelter, how many people attended the party. Each one of them has a story. And again, it's just stories that that we we know. Because these stories happened 75 years ago, 80 years ago, in the Holocaust. It happened before. You know these stories, these stories that my grandparents told me about their families. It's just, it's just horrifying. We're living it again. We used to be just post-traumatic from the Holocaust. Now we're living another trauma. And I don't know how we're gonna be on the other side of it. You can barely see the other side of it right now. Your Israeli friends are not okay. Okay physically, but mentally. No one, no one is okay mentally. And we need a therapy for a full country. But again, I think about my friends, I have dozens of friends in the military right now, in reserves. Yeah, it's, it's scary, another emotion. <laughs> a lot of emotions. Um, and of course there's hope, like I told you. There's still this hope of their safe return Unfortunately, every day we keep hearing of more people that we thought had been kidnapped, but they had been murdered. And just now they matched their DNA to the body because they, just in another act of brutality, they, they just they mutilated the bodies. So they couldn't even figure out who, who it is. I even heard stories of how funerals uh, were stalled because they found uh, bombs that Hamas had put inside the bodies. It's it's horrifying. So there's this hope that keeps, I think, everyone going. I think uh, we, our national anthem is uh, Atikvah. The Tikvah, the hope, is 2,000 years old from the first time that we were um, sent away from the homeland, from Israel, until we, we established the state of Israel. This hope, let's say, uh, can, you can call it that it was fulfilled, perhaps, but we keep singing it. We keep singing it in the national anthem. And now it gets an, another meaning, There's still hope that we'll be safe that our family will return home safely, all soldiers will return home safely, and we could live here in Israel, in our homeland, uh, safely. So we have our homeland, we have Israel, but... we're, we're, we're still being murdered, and people still try to hurt us because we're Jewish. We, we want, I think it's, it's clear that the majority of Israelis, they, they want the people of Gaza, the normal people of Gaza, not the terrorists, not Hamas, not the Jihad, they want peace with them, we don't want anything bad to do to them, we, we want to live side by side in peace, that's all we want, we want to raise our children in peace.
1: I, I want to thank you for taking time to sit with us today and to share your story I know it's, it's not easy to tell this story but it's it's very important that you're sharing it sharing it with the world and I just want to say um, on behalf of our listeners we're praying for your family praying for Am Yisrael praying for the soldiers but we're really praying for your family that they should return they should return safely with all the all the captives and soldiers as well so thank you for being with us today and thank you for sharing your story
0: Uh, thank you very much uh for speaking with me and uh, hearing my story my family's story israel's story
1: this is israel take three and i'm david began help us to share these stories with the world by subscribing liking and sharing this podcast Thank you, Ellie Margolis, for consulting and for logistical support. And thank you, Adam Margolis, for this musical outro. We will continue to share these stories as things unfold here in Israel.